0: Ezekiel chapter 8. Ezekiel chapter 8, verses 1 through 4, read like this. In the sixth year, in the sixth month, on the fifth day of the month, as I sat in my house with the elders of Judah sitting before me, The hand of the Lord God fell on me. Then I looked, and behold, a form that had the appearance of a man. Below what appeared to be his waist was fire. And above his waist was something like the appearance of brightness, like gleaming metal. He put out the form of a hand and took me by a lock of my head and the Spirit lifted me up between earth and heaven and brought me in visions of God to Jerusalem, to the entrance of the gateway of the inner court that faces north, Where was the seat of the image of jealousy, which provokes to jealousy? And behold, the glory of the God of Israel was there, like the vision that I saw in the valley. I want to tell you that God's hand is upon your life. And that even now he's reaching out his hand, extending his hand to you to bring you higher. Higher levels of revelation and understanding. As it was in Ezekiel's day, so today the Spirit of the Lord is moving to strengthen, to cause you to come to see and understand manifestations of his glory. Personally, there is nothing I would give in exchange for the hand of God upon my life. Whatever else happens, all I need to know is that God is with me. The hand of the Lord is God manifesting himself. God reaching out to us in power. God acting on our behalf in power. Now I want to suggest to you that the language that I've been reading now from Ezekiel chapter 8 is the language of the Holy Spirit. I will show you that God's hand is the Holy Spirit. The wonderful third person of the Trinity. Now many of you will know and quite rightly understand that the full developed revelation of Trinity, that God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, that really becomes apparent only in the New Testament. But there are seeds, more like buds of flowers in bud form, which are ready to bloom. The Old Testament gives us so many seeds, so many buds, which give us an indication of what's to come, but we don't see them in all their fullness and until the New Testament. But I want to show you from this passage just how Accurate, the word of God is. That the Christian understanding of the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, is found, at least in an undeveloped way, but it's strongly hinted at in the passage we just read. Verse 1 says, The hand of the Lord God fell Upon me there. Now, the ESV translates it like this, and it's wonderful because when we come to the New Testament, we find the Holy Spirit falling on people. The Spirit had not yet fallen on them, it says in Acts chapter 8. So the Holy Spirit has a habit of falling on people, which is directional. This is God's gift from above, this comes from above. It's not any spirit that comes from below. This is God's spirit coming from above and it has the language of the fulfillment of prophecy. In the last days, God says, I will pour out of my spirit. He will pour out his spirit from heaven and the Holy Spirit falls and keeps on falling. So the hand of the Lord fell upon me there. So this is interesting because it's speaking in words that later on are understood to be relevant to the Holy Spirit, but it is clearly the Lord God, the Father Almighty. The hand of the Lord God fell upon me there. That's God the Father. Then in verse 2, Ezekiel says, Then I looked, and behold, a form that had the appearance of a man. This is none other than God the Son. This is the Lord who appears in visible form as that of a man. And there's a whole category of appearances of God in the Old Testament. The angel of the Lord, the word of the Lord, the name, the presence. And all of these are linked in one way or another to God showing up in a human appearance. This is an embodied form of a revelation of Jesus in the Old Testament. Now, he was not known as Jesus in the Old Testament, but this is none other than the the Son of God, God the Son. But in verse 3, It says, when this one put out the form of the hand, he took me by a lock of my head, and what? The Spirit lifted me up between heaven and earth. This is God, the Holy Spirit. So in three verses, we have a reference which is clearly identifying God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. What I want you to know about the Holy Spirit tonight is that The activity of the spirit is the activity of God. He doesn't just act for God, he acts as God. He is the hand of God. God's power outstretched, God's hand revealed. Now we see this in so many passages of scripture and if I gave you all, you could check it out for yourself, just go and Look in a concordance or check on your Bible program and and look at all the references to the hand of God. It's it's amazing. Let me choose a couple of verses. Deuteronomy chapter 4 and verse 34 says, Has any God ever attempted to go and take a nation for himself from the midst of another nation by trials, by signs, by wonders, and by war, and by a mighty hand and an outstretched arm? And by great deeds of terror, all of which the Lord your God did for you, before you in Egypt before your eyes. So we don't just see a hand, we see an arm. The hand of God is God revealed in personal contact. The arm of God is God revealed in power in your life. Isaiah 63 verses 9 through 14, an amazing few verses. In all their affliction, he was afflicted. This is a story of how God saw the suffering of his people. It doesn't say that they articulated prayers, but they, they cried out because God said in all their affliction, he himself was afflicted. You're not going through anything tonight that God is ignorant of. Or that God is unconcerned about. Or that God himself is not involved in. In other words, he's involved. When you suffer, he feels it. And then it goes on to say, and the angel of his presence saved them. Here's one of those references. The angel of his presence. And the angel of the Lord comes in the Old Testament in in embodied form. Visible and tangible. The angel of the present saved them, and in his love and in his pity he redeemed them. He lifted them up and carried them all the days of old, but they rebelled and grieved his Holy Spirit. Therefore he turned to be their enemy, and and himself fought against them. Then he remembered the days of old, of Moses and his people. Where is he who brought them out of the sea? with the shepherds of his flock. Where is he who put in the midst of them his Holy Spirit? Verse 12, listen to this carefully. Who caused his glorious arm to go at the right hand of Moses. In other words, when God stretched out his hand, and Moses stood alongside God. The glorious arm of God empowered Moses to do the extraordinary, who divided the waters before them to make for himself an everlasting name, who led them through the depths like a horse in the desert. They did not stumble. Like livestock that go down into the valley, the Spirit of the Lord gave them rest. So you led your people to make for yourself a glorious name. So once again, we have God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit right here in the Old Testament. And then a parallel passage, Psalm 78 verses forty. To forty-two says, how often they rebelled against him in the wilderness and grieved him in the desert. Who are they grieving? They're grieving Yahweh, the Lord, the Lord God. But in the previous passage, that is speaking of the Holy Spirit. So it's very clear the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity, God, the Holy Spirit, sharing all the capacity, all the divine qualities, even indeed the very divine nature of God himself. Remember that when you go on to realize that the Holy Spirit dwells in you. God is living in you. And when God comes to live in you, he brings everything with him, everything that is in his name, everything that is in his presence, everything that's in his nature, dwells in you. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm feeling better already. Verse 41, Psalm 78, they tested again, God again and again and provoked the Holy One of Israel. They did not remember his power. The word there in the Hebrew is hand. They did not remember his hand or the day when he redeemed them from the foe. Ezekiel 37, verse 1, there is Ezekiel again. And the chapter begins, the hand of the Lord was upon me and he brought me out in the spirit of the Lord. So you can see surely that the hand of God is God's spirit dwelling with you, filling you, surrounding you with God himself. In him we live and move and have our being. So here we have Ezekiel. And it's an extraordinary story. I don't know if you know much about Ezekiel. He was a priest. Like his older contemporary Jeremiah was a priest, Ezekiel was a priest. But Ezekiel was taken captive from the land of Judah by King Nebuchadnezzar. This was the second major draft of deportation. The second group of those exiled, the first group, had taken place a number of years before that. But now here Ezekiel is taken up and taken away along also with the then king of Judah, King Jehoiakin, Poor guy, he only reigned for three months and ten days. And along with Ezekiel, many leading citizens, elders of the land. And in place of this overthrown king, Jehoiakim, Nebuchadnezzar put his uncle in place. Zedekiah. He was a puppet king. It was a time of national confusion, national crisis that was not going to end well. But in all times of difficulty and confusion, we find in Bible times, God always stirs up the spirit of the prophet. And I believe God wants to stir up the spirit of the prophet's Today. I'm not talking about those who prophesied out of their own imagination or desire, aligning themselves with politics in a way they should never have done, prophesying repeatedly that the former president would take a second term. He did not. One or two have apologized, but the rest have rationalized it. What we need is a real encounter with God. And a fear of God that none of us should say, thus says the Lord. But we should speak only when God tells us to speak. No- nothing should come from our own desires and imagination. The only way that that happens if God takes us up into a higher level and we begin to see what he sees and hear him show and show us and truly reveal to us. Throughout the book of Ezekiel, four apocalyptic visions. That's what this is. It's the unveiling. And so much of what is seen is seen in otherworldly terms. He can hardly describe this. It goes right on from here, right up until the book of Revelation when we have similar descriptions of revelations of God, glorious revelations of God, apocalyptic revelations. What that means is the unveiling uh, of our eyes, the, the eyes of flesh, so we see spiritual things and, uh, and in heavenly terms. I looked and I saw before me the form had the appearance of a man and and below his waist it was like fire and, and above his waist it was extraordinary. And he stretched out what appeared to be in the form of a hand. He's struggling to describe what he sees. Ezekiel has four of these visions. First one. Chapters 1 to 3, the last one, chapters 40 to 48, and interesting, when we look at the chronology, good old Ezekiel is very, very careful. He describes the date very, very carefully. The first date he gives in his first vision was in the 30th year. Now, that doesn't make sense. The 30th year of what? Bible scholars say, hey, it's his 30th year. That's very interesting. Because if we look at the chronology, Ezekiel would have been about 25 years when he was taken away into Babylon. And then five years later, when he's 30, he begins his priestly ministry. Do you know in the Old Testament, the priests ministered from the age of 30 to the age of 50? And Ezekiel's final vision came when he was 50. And what is so exciting about this is that this man, who was a priest, never ministered in the temple in Jerusalem. But he entered into the presence of God in Babylon. And what this means is God was saying, listen, that building I'm going to destroy... You can rebuild it, but I'm going to destroy this building because my eyes are on another temple. And Ezekiel prophesies right through to the very end of the prophecy, talking about the temple of the Lord. And he sees in those visions the restored temple of the Lord. And and it's like an idealized temple with an idealized Jerusalem. And this was not fulfilled until Jesus came and said, destroy this temple and I will raise it up again. Jesus was the temple of the Lord and he passed that gift to us and so now we are temples of the Holy Spirit. Ezekiel saw the day of Christ. Ezekiel saw your day and my day. We are indwelt as living temples. The first vision, he describes it as happening when he was about 30 years of age in the valley by the Kibar Canal. That was in July, in the summertime. When we trace the location, we find it is near the ancient city of Nippur, southeast from Baghdad. Baghdad Take the major route out, travel southeast for about three hours by car, and you come to Kibar Canal. Now the second vision that we read about here is in Ezekiel chapter 8. That was one year later, and it was in the autumn. September. And here he is. It says... He sat in his house, and it was an elders' meeting. The elders of Israel were there. And I think this is remarkable on so many levels. The elders of Israel, in exile, understood that they could hear the word of the Lord And this young prophet, in the midst of this meeting, he says, the hand of the Lord fell on me and I was lifted up by the Spirit and taken by the Spirit to Jerusalem. Way, way back in Jerusalem. What does this tell us? This tells us that God does not need a building made with hands. This tells us that you can meet God in a strange land. They had to learn that. In exile, God was there working. And I want to tell you, no matter how much you feel that you are locked down, shut out, pushed away, God is with you and his hand is upon you. Amen and amen. And so, what does God do? Show him. The Bible says that God, the Spirit, lifted him up between earth and heaven. Gave him a higher perspective. And from that higher perspective, he was able to see what God was showing him. I believe God is busy Lifting us up to a place where we can hear His voice. And when we hear the voice of God, we don't need to rely on news reports. The news reports don't report the news. The news reports report a selection of events that they've chosen and called it news. They don't tell the full story because they don't see the story. And certainly the fake news doesn't tell you the truth. And the people that are effectively working for the enemy by scaring God's people with a whole load of untruths relating to coronavirus, relating to conspiracies, I want to say, pay no attention to those things. Yeah, be aware of what people are saying, be aware of what people are claiming. Be aware of that because we need to know what to defend our minds against. Yeah, be aware of the um, news media, what they're saying, Um, information is important, but far more important than any of these things. Let the hand of God take you up into his presence. And there you're going to see visions of God. So much of this is about revelation, but revelation is never an end in itself. God always gives us revelation by which... We can enter into intercession and seek his face for manifestation. Now, this is a process, friends. I tell you, it's not your morning cup of coffee. When you switch on the electric kettle and 90 seconds later it's boiling and you reach out for a cup of instant coffee or at least a spoon of instant coffee and put it in there and within two minutes you got your coffee. This is more like going out into the coffee fields, finding the ripe coffee, bringing it back, drying it out over the summer, letting it mature in the sun, then taking it into a coffee grinder and grinding it and grinding it and then putting it into a big pot and boiling it up. And my, 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 my imagination is so vivid I can smell that coffee, the real coffee. And I believe the expression, I'll use it as as I've gone there, it's time to wake up and smell the coffee. Because God is brewing something in heaven. And he wants you in on it. Now, I know that there is a special ministry gift of the prophet operating in the body of Christ in our day. I just wish that more of those prophets were accountable for what they said and filtered what they feel God has given them. Filtered it through the eyes of maturity, and as we hear the voice of God together, we can discern more completely. And we will say more about that, and said a great deal about it in the past, we're going to say more about it, but tonight I'm not talking about that really the ministry of the prophet if, if that's who you are then that's good but make sure you are linked that you are connected to the leaders of the church and those whose responsibility it is together with all God's people to sift through all the stuff that is being said Which, mark my words, much of it's going to just fall to the ground. But you don't have to be a priest prophet like Ezekiel, who is used by God to speak for over a period of 20 years. Unable to organize that material in such beautifully constructed presentation. But God can still put His hand upon your life and lift you up, and you can see things that you would never imagine possible. God is no respecter of persons. In the Old Testament, the prophetic manifestation was very largely limited to those who were called prophets, a minority, not the majority. And if you wanted to hear a word from the Lord, you had to knock on the door of of a prophet and say, what is the Lord saying? Now the Holy Spirit of prophecy lives in every one of us. And all we need to do is get on our knees, open our Bibles and say, God, speak to me. And there will come extraordinary moments for some of you. If something as dramatic as this doesn't happen to you, you haven't failed. Because the beautiful thing is, we got it all here anyway. But there are times when God will do extraordinary things. Things that we don't fully understand. I was taken up in the Spirit in the year 2000 to the year 2070. 70 years from when I saw that. And that's 20 years ago, so there's 30 years remaining. And God spoke to me about that generation and showed me who would be the president, the grandson of one who was in the Senate in the year 2000. And God showed me the global circumstances. Many years went by before I said a word to anybody apart from my wife. God can take you in the spirit and place you anywhere in history, anywhere in geography, anywhere in the world. God can lift you up in the spirit and show you great and amazing things if you allow his hand to come upon your life and recognize that hand of the Lord when it is and not be lifted up in arrogance, be lifted up in the spirit. And by the way, I would suggest to you that being pulled by the hair by the Holy Spirit was not Necessarily such a pleasant experience. But God wants to place His hand over your life to bring you to revelation, to bring you to a place where you can see what you could not see before a different perspective. What does God think about what's going on? What does God have to say about this? Oh, it's so amazing. All the prophets in the Old Testament were intercessors. Not all intercessors were prophets, but all the prophets were intercessors. Because so much of what God wants to show you is what he wants you to pray about. Seeing things from his point of view. Taking away the confusion by knowing what he's doing. So I'm calling for encounter. How can I call for that? I can call upon God, I can pray for my life and your life. But we can't make God meet with us, but he's so willing to. And the encounter with the Lord brings the outstretched hand of God, his power to sustain you, giving you supernatural strength. Never underestimate the spiritual strength you need when you start moving in Revelation. All hell will break loose, but you are protected by the blood of Jesus. God gave Ezekiel supernatural strength to communicate the message. Psalm 63 verse 8 says, My soul clings to you, your right hand upholds me. And when you're held up by the Lord, you don't come apart. When you're held up by the Lord, you have a spirit of endurance. You see things through the eyes of faith. We need to understand how God is operating through faith in our generation. And it is not people who have done repeatedly and prophesied falsely by saying, go, COVID, go, go, go. I tell you, it's going to go in three months' time. Never happened. When we wait upon the Lord, we can get above the COVID-type stuff and we can hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, But, but it has to operate by faith. We need the Holy Spirit to quicken our faith because we are going to have to walk in supernatural ways. Do you hear me, people of God? I mean, do you really hear me? Nothing short of a supernatural walk with God is going to get us where He wants us to be. Supernatural walking, supernatural talking, supernatural seeing. And when the hand of God is on you, I've known it many, many times, answers to prayer kind of, you, you kind of feel that you've made a false claim. <laughs> I know the experience, as I'm sure you know the experience of seeking the face of God week in, week out, year in, year out, month by month by month, and still not seeing the desires of your heart, and we learn faith, and patience, and wisdom. But I also know times when things happen that look like they're an answer to prayer, but actually, we didn't pray a lot. Because when the hand of God is on your life, I'm not saying you don't need to pray. Please believe me. I believe in prayer. But when the hand of God is on your life, things begin to happen without you knowing it. And you're just amazed at what God is doing. The lines fall to you in pleasant places. That's the blessing of God when your life is handed over to Him. Because He is at my right hand, I shall not be shaken. That's Psalm 16, verse 8. I have set the Lord always before me because he's at my right hand. I shall not be shaken. Amen and amen. Now, where is this heading? As this is not 27 weeks in a row of a Bible study on Ezekiel, I have to fast forward here. I spoke to R.T. Kendall yesterday, shared with him my series on Jude. He said, oh, you know what, Colin? That was the first book that I preached on in Westminster Chapel. Ah, I said, that's wonderful. He said, yes, 53 sermons. <laughs> I said, 53 sermons? Well, I'm ahead of you. I'll get it done in seven. And he would take a bit of a verse, half a verse, or a word, and expound it. And that's not what what we're doing here tonight, but I want to tell you very quickly. God takes him to Jerusalem and shows him the abominations taking place in the temple, the place of God's dwelling. And later on, God shows him another vision in which... The presence of God is gradually removed from the temple until the temple is empty of God's presence and the judgment of God falls. But God then shows him another vision of the glory of the Lord returning to the temple. And that's where we're at. Do you know that? The apostle Paul teaches us to pray. Now to him be glory in the church through Christ Jesus. We are being built for a holy habitation of the glory of God. For as soon as the hand of the Lord is upon you, the next revelation is always about the glory of God it's never about your plans my plans it's not just about my heart it's about the heart of God and the heart of God is to restore his glory to his people and manifest himself so the whole world may see and the glory of the Lord covers the earth as the waters cover the sea we are going from glory to glory remember that that even though now we are feeling a sense of isolation and affliction. Ezekiel could identify with that. He was was by the river, by the the, the, um, canal Kibar, and then he was stuck in his house with a bunch of elders far away from Jerusalem. But it didn't matter, God transported him to a place where he could see and hear and then somehow come into the purposes of God and know what God was doing. I believe this is a season for revelation. It's a season for intercession and it's a season for manifestation. And the manifestation is God's glory. By that, I don't just mean in the extraordinary things. Yeah, I mean them as well, but not just them. It is the glory of God revealed in you as you wait in the presence of the Lord and say, Holy Spirit, place your hand upon me afresh. Lift me up that I might see. Let's pray. A loving Heavenly Father, we thank you for that which has been expressed tonight. Who can understand the depths of your heart? Who can understand the unfathomable purposes of God? For eye has not seen nor ear heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man the things that God has declared, prepared for those who love him. But the Spirit has revealed, and is revealing. And so we ask you, Father, as we ask you to forgive us for our laziness, forgive us for the deceptions that we've allowed to come in our minds, forgive us for listening to the wrong news. We want the news that's coming from heaven. Awake, awake, declares the Lord. Lift up, lift up, says the Lord. For I am with you, and my glory is upon you. And the manifestation of what I shall do shall be seen in your lives as you honour me and glorify me. I believe that that's what the Holy Spirit is saying. There are some people who are watching and listening, and maybe it's even some of you here, and you know that this is a word for you. Some of it you've already heard, because I took the time tonight to speak into what you've been thinking and what you've been praying. I was very conscious when I was preaching. That I was confirming deliberately, or well, the Lord was confirming deliberately some of the things, but there are others who haven't yet begun. Now I want to pray for every one of you who feel this, this. this word has gone right through me, it's gone right through me. And I know that things are not going to be the same again. I know that something has broken in my spirit, something by way of understanding, fresh understanding and fresh clarity has come, and you know what you should do. We don't kind of go off at a tangent and suddenly appoint ourselves as this, that, and the other. All such appointments will be disappointments. But as we wait for the Holy Spirit, he's gonna move, and his hand is coming upon you. And I, I could describe what some of you are feeling, but the heat sensation you're feeling in your face and your head. Some of you feel quite weak. You need to sit down. Some of you are trembling. I'm not saying that all these things are manifestations of the Holy Spirit. Now that I've said them, you know, the, the auto-suggestion will kick in. And everybody say, oh, yeah, I feel that too. But I'm not going down that line. And I'm certainly not playing with you. But I wanted to say, if you felt those things even before I mentioned them. And you know who you are. And God is increasing that anointing right now. I just wish we could all be together. But anyway, the Holy Spirit, if, if I can't complain, if Ezekiel <laughs> ministered in Jerusalem when he was in Babylon, you know, what is just a little bit of zoom for us? Nothing. What is, what is live stream? It's nothing to the Holy Spirit. God is with you. God is speaking to you. God is encouraging you. God is lifting you up and is breaking that spirit of oppression, that attack, that spiritual attack. It's off your life. It's off your life. So don't be preoccupied with that because I've got clean things to show you. I've got clarity to bring to you. You are right where I call you to be, says the Lord. Don't worry, God can do it.